Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Today is Thursday, July 26th, and we are reading from the big book on page XX, the ref in the forward to the second edition. The reference number for yesterday is 2765. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I would now like to ask and S to please read the 12 steps. Hi, my name is Anne. I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles. We lost you, Anne. Try unmuting, star one. Hello, Janice. Yes. Oh, um, did, did, did I do it? <laughs> did I read them? Um, we, uh, we lost you after... Does anyone else know what step we were on when she... If she, if she could lost- repeat step 12. All right, step 12. Thank you so much. Just read through step 12 if you would, Anne. 
I will, thank you. Uh, Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Anne. And now Margaret H. would read the 12 traditions, please. Margaret H., press star 1 to unmute. Yes, this is Margaret H. Can you hear me now? I'm sorry. I can. I can. Uh, This is Margaret H. I'm a compulsive overeater, and here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you very much. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the book, Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book on page XX forward to the second edition in the second paragraph on that page beginning another reason for the wide acceptance. Our readers today are Esther, Rick, Katie, and Deb, and we'll go in that order. So if you would begin, please, Esther. 
Good morning. This is Esther, compulsive overeater in Canada. Another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the ministration of friends, friends in medicine, religion, and the press, together with the innumerable others who became our able and persistent advocates. Without such support, AA could have made only the slowest progress. Some of the recommendations of AA's early medical and religious friends will be found further on in this book. So this paragraph really is is telling us how AA was able to, as we read earlier, mushroom um, and grow and help all you know help alcoholics who who came their way. And this is um, through the wide acceptance of the people who were associated with these alcoholics. They would see um, what was happening. This is the the um, what we talk about you know, attraction rather promotion. Bill W. and Dr. Bob did not need to go out um, and and promote themselves, but the people who who knew them and who knew the other alcoholics would see how things were changing, how lives were transformed, families were reunited, and they had the support of, you know, those those around them, both in, in the medical field, um, doctors who previously, you know, were baffled as to how these alcoholics could be helped, um, and and this is and this is how um you know word of mouth spreads when people say you know we know something that works maybe you should go try it this is what we've seen and with that I'll pass thank you Esther would anyone else like to comment on what was read press star 1 to unmute Good morning, it's Leah. Good morning, Leah. Yes, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the ministration of friends, friends in medicine, religion, and the press, together with innumerable others who became our able and persistent advocates. How did we? Uh, how did AA um, gather together these lasting and continuous supporters of this movement well that's because they saw results you know they saw recovered men and women who were living proof of this program of recovery so that's why there was no need uh, really to promote Alcoholics Anonymous it was a program of attraction we weren't paying anybody to uh, advertise for us or to uh, praise the uh, occurrences going on in the fellowship and beyond, uh, people were attracted to this recovery. There was something going on, and that made uh, cooperation without affiliation possible because these these men in medicine who had stood bedside powerless uh, to help the alcoholic, these religious uh, men and women, clergymen who also, uh, even though had a great desire to help the alcoholic, stood helpless by an alcoholic's bedside, uh, you know, to uh, change their lives. They they were powerless. Clergymen were powerless to help the alcoholic. 
these men in medicine, these men in science, religion, and the press, together with innumerable others who became our able and persisting advocates, they became our advocates because they saw that something was revolutionizing these men and women who had seemed to be doomed. Their lives were being transformed. And because of that, people took notice. They became our friends. We were able to cooperate with all these people and not affiliate. You know, AA has has been a marvelous um, example of how to do that. You know, uh, these men in medicine, religious, in religion, they are experts in their field. We rely on them in their, you know, with their expertise. But when it comes to recovery, when it comes to recovery, only the recovered alcoholics are seen to have that power that power to help others. And it was a program of attraction, and because of that, AA grew by leaps and bounds. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Paula. May I share? Thank you, Paula. You're welcome, Janice, and good morning to all. I'd like to go for another reason, because it's already given you reasons here. There were two principal reasons in the large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes. And then they're going to come to another reason. For the wide acceptance of AA was the administration of friends. And then I just want to hit on that word, friends. One attached to another by affection. By affection. They really loved what they saw. And they loved who they saw and the changes. And then it goes on. Friends were in medicine, religion, and the press. And then we had together with innumerable others. There wasn't a number anymore. There were so many who became our able and persistent advocates because of what they saw. They saw the transformation of lives before them, but not one. And this is where, yes, truly, numbers do matter. Numbers do matter. Because look what came together here. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else would like to share on what was read? Well, I'll comment here. My name is Janice. I am a compulsive overeater recovered. Thank you, God. The wide acceptance of AA, the wide acceptance of AA. You know, I, I once had someone say to me, you know, why did they include this? All this information seems so dry. You know, why did they include this? Well, if here in the forward to the second edition, I think we get a wonderful little history lesson and a reminder of what it is that grew AA. You know, yes, one alcoholic carrying the message to someone who still suffers so that both of them could find a way out. Well, very important, very important. But then we began to gather these friends around us, friends in medicine, in religion, and in the press. You know, what a wonderful thing that was, because they began to see and notice, take note of what they were watching happen. This movement in Alcoholics Anonymous of recovery, of recovery, And it says, without such support, AA could only have made the slowest progress. So we're giving credit 
to all of these wonderful people who became our friend and our advocates, became our friend and our advocates, and began to carry the message for us, spread the word for us, so that yet more and more people would be able to find this beautiful recovery. You know, our early medical and religious friends even offered to put themselves in writing later in our book because it says they'll be found further on in this book, some of their recommendations. So this was an important piece in how AA would grow, how it would make even better and quicker progress by the help of all of these friends. And with that, I'll pass. And we'll move on to the next paragraph. Rick, would you read that for us, please? My name is Rick. I'm a compulsive reader. Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious organization. Neither do they take any particular medical point of view. Though we cooperate widely with the men of medicine as well as with the men of religion. Alcohol being no respecter of persons, we are an accurate cross-section of America and in distant lands, the same democratic evening up process is now going on. By personal religious affiliation, we include Catholics, Protestants, Jews, Hindus, and a sprinkling of Muslims and Buddhists. More than 15% of us are women. Well, what strikes me is um, they talk about the alcoholic being a cross-section of America. In other words, this illness affects all groups equally. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like. You have a chance of being a compulsive overeater. And the boundaries are, are, are not there. They just go across all walks of life. And they say that the uh, democratic evening up process, and what that says to me is that the evening up process within Alcoholics Anonymous, they're starting to spread out. And in particular to me, the bottom, the last line, more than 15% of us are women. Well, that was in 1955. Well, that number has skyrocketed in AA. I, I would estimate at least uh, 40% are women. And it would be my hope that we could uh, do some work in that area with the men in Overeaters Anonymous because right now we're somewhere closer to 15%, maybe 20 um, So I see great progress that AA made uh, reaching out to women and I see a need for us to do the same thing, reaching out to men. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rick. Would anyone like to comment on these two paragraphs? Good morning, Janice. It's Deb from Michigan. Good morning, Deb. Good morning. Good morning, a vision for you. So happy to be here with you all. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater, recovering compulsive over. Thank you, God. Um, I love this big book. Oh, my word. I love how it lends itself to each other, the different chapters. And I'm sorry, I can't pass this up, but i got to go to there as a solution. Um, those, these two paragraphs talks about that uh, very thing in Chapter 2 where it says, We are average Americans, all sections of this country, and many of its occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are a people who normally would not mix but there exists amongst us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. 
Amen. We are like the passengers of a great liner. The moment after rescue from shipwreck, when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. So, I mean, it's talking about all of us. Everybody is included. Nobody is excluded. I love that. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. And I, it is so true. I mean, I am connected to Janice and to Leah and to Rosanna and to all these recovered people and unrecovered people. We are all together in this. We are trudging together. We are, we are looking to God, our higher power, whomever we call God, and we are saying we want to implement the solution in our lives. We know this is the answer, and God is leading the way, and it is just an absolute wonderful thing, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Deb. Would anyone else like to comment on these two paragraphs? Hi, this is Kim. Hi, Kim. Good morning, sweet Janice. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, alcohol being no respecter of persons. You know, we so much want to predict stuff. We so much want to say, well, if this happens, this person is, is, is susceptible to this. But the fact is that, you know, it does not respect class, color, creed, economic status. You know, compulsive overeating is, web, is woven into the fabric of, of America and across this world. You know, two-thirds of Americans are obese. One out of four girls, teenage girls, has an eating disorder. You know, I mean, we talk about the health care crisis in, in America, and if we, as, as an organization, as Overs Anonymous, can help spread this message, if we can... We can make such amazing strides in this country. We can help that healthcare crisis because most of the, a large percentage of the problems we have in the healthcare world of diabetes and, and heart attacks and high blood pressure and strokes are all indicators or all of the cause of us compulsive, over, compulsive overeating. So there's no respecter of persons. But it says that also, too, that all of us have the ability to recover. That's what this book is saying. Even though the disease doesn't respect, you know, any type of situation, recovery will encompass every type of situation. Each of us have an equal opportunity to open this book, walk through these pages, reconnect with God, and have that psychic change that is sufficient to bring about recovery. It doesn't matter whether we're rich or poor or white or black or Catholic or Buddhist. You know, we all have this opportunity to recover. And this line with these people across the world shows us that together we can unite as a fellowship and we can reach towards that goal of being recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Star one to unmute. Hi, this is Judy. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Good morning, fellows. I'm Judy. I'm a Judy F., a compulsive overeater. And I just want to focus on the um, we're not a religious organization. I am just so grateful because at the time when I came in, uh, actually 21 years ago, I had rejected my religion because of the the disease. I I was so much into um, self-centeredness and the food 
And if I, if it had been a religious organization, I wouldn't have come. And this is a spiritual solution. We, we find a spiritual entity, but it's not religious. And I'm just so grateful for that. Um, it helps it to be all-inclusive. And I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Would anyone else like to comment? Well, I'm Janice again, and I'd like to uh, also comment on Alcoholic Anonymous is not a religious organization. Neither does AA take any particular medical point of view. Though we cooperate widely with the men of medicine as well as with the men of religion. You know, the cooperation, cooperation is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it was a way that we continued to carry this message. You know, they're they're going on to tell us that those were some of our persistent advocates. Those were some of our friends, people that helped us by recommending us. But we did not have to tell people you have to be a Buddhist in order to join this organization or you have to be a Muslim. You can be whoever you are, wherever you are, and be included. You know, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. You know, what a wonderful thing. You don't have to be affiliated with anyone. But those people behind us, those people who were learned, well-versed in science, in religion, in the spiritual, they could be our advocates. They could be our friends. And as a result, that cross-section of America grew and grew and grew in Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you, God, for that. And now we'll go on to the next paragraph. If Katie would read, please. This is Katie, a compulsive overeater, and I know it. At present, our membership is pyramiding at the rate of about 20% a year. So far, upon the total problem of several million actual and potential alcoholics in the world, we have made only a scratch. In all probability, we shall never be able to touch more than a fair fraction of the alcohol problem in all its ramifications. Upon therapy for the alcoholic himself, we surely have no monopoly. Yet it is our great hope that all those who have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the high road to a new freedom. And I just, uh, you know, the earlier chapters, I mean, uh, paragraphs in this uh, forward to the second edition are kind of, I feel like, uh, you know, what are we doing in OA? We don't, we're not, we're not hitting all these people, and and they're doing such a great job, and they're more successful than we are. What's our problem? But, but the reality is brought back to life in this last paragraph because they acknowledge that they haven't. They are still scratching the surface, and it's it's true. It's not like the bars in America have closed down and. And there's no more ABC stores and everybody is, you know, just against alcohol because of this book, even though that's the way I feel and that my life has completely changed because of this program. But 
people in our, with our disease, they wear it. We know, uh, we look around all over the place and we see people um, who appear to have our problem. And it looks like, you know, it seems so hopeless. Like we're just not, we're not getting our message out. But we are. And we, um, I'm so grateful for this group and I'm grateful for the energy that is um, brought about by, by people one by one spreading this message. And we can't look at the glass as half empty. We have to look at, you know, those that are, um, that do want to work this program and are ready for it. And I don't see that there's a lot of um, alcohol programs that don't incorporate the 12 steps. And I just, you know, it would be so great if, um, if the people of the world <laughs> embraced OA with the same, um, the same way. But I, I don't see that. Uh, in our rooms, we, we call this the last house on the block, that people who come to OA, it's because they've tried absolutely everything else. And people don't want to work this program because it is work. But um, to me, it is, it is not work because my disease, just took everything out of me. And if I were to go back to it, it would just completely wreak havoc in my life. So I'm so grateful to have um, this program of recovery and that that I, you know, this program works for me and it is it has a monopoly on my life. Um, but I know I can't shove it down people's throats. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone like to comment on what was read? Hey, Janet, this is Deb from Michigan. Hi, this is Kim. Deb and then Kim, thank you. Thank you, Janice. Um, I love this. these last couple of sentences. It says, upon therapy for the alcoholic himself, we surely have no monopoly. Yet it is our great hope that all of the, those who have as yet found no answer, may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the high road to a new freedom. That just emulates more and more to me the humility that is ever weaved throughout this book, these 164 pages. Upon therapy for the alcoholic himself, we surely have no monopoly. So meaning, you know, um, this is what has worked for us. This is the solution for us, and we offer it, you know, gratefully to anyone who would like to have it. And I just, I just, I just love the humility that is just absolutely oozing from these pages. It's like, you know, if you don't want to claim it, if you don't want to take it, if you hear it and it's like not for you, fine. That's totally cool. If you can find another way, by all means. But this is what we have to offer, and it is a great hope for anyone um, who has not found an answer yet, and I'm just so I'm really grateful for it with that all bad. Thank you, Deb. Kim. Good morning, everyone, again. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and uh, I'm going to in the same sentence that Deb did, you know, yet it is our great hope that all those who have yet as yet found no answer, may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the high road to a new freedom. 
So what are they telling us in the beginning of this forward, that there's now 6,000 groups you can go to to find AA? Are they telling you to find one of those groups? No. They're, they're directing you to come to this book because, once again, we're reminded that the program of recovery is in this book. These first 164 pages, as you go through it and you implement it, will help you change. The fellowship will support us. So they want us to join us on the high road to a new freedom. But if we want that psychic change, if we want that transformation, it's in the pages of this book. And it is their great hope. Because they're not going to shove this down someone's throat, as it was said. Their hope is, is if you, if we lay down this spiritual toolkit in front of you, that you will then pick it up and you will begin to work these steps. You know, I heard on an on a AA tape this beautiful thing. It says, you know, as a sponsor, as a recovered person, what my responsibility is, is to maintain the integrity of the message. I just thought that was beautiful. The integrity of the message is in this first 164 pages. And I see amazing hope in the OA rooms. You know, I have a, my home group. A year Over a year ago, there would be 25 of us, and we'd read something from the big book, and three or four people would mention the reading, and everyone else would go into their getting current of what happened that week. And now it's almost opposite. 75% of us will look in this book and we will comment on the integrity of this message, and then there's still going to be some people that, that go on their, their uh, drunkologues. But I see growth, and I see hope, and that hope is found in this book. And if we continue to maintain the integrity of this message, I think OA can affect this world in a way that AA never even could have. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone like to, else like to comment on what was read? This is Paula, may I ask you? Hi, this is Kathy. Go ahead, Paula. Oh, sorry. Paula and then Kathy. Thank you. I want to look at that sentence here. In all probability, we shall never be able to touch more than a fair fraction of the alcoholic problem in all its ramifications. That's what we do, you know, with this book, to touch, to touch the very heart. More than a fair fraction of the alcoholic problem in all its ramifications. This is it. The ramifications of this disease, it's not just you. What does the ramification mean? To divide into branches, to be divided, to branch out the family of the alcoholic. You've also seen, you've watched, even in the rooms, the mother, the father, the child, the uncle, the aunt. It branches out. But I want to end with, and here too, so can the hope, so can the recovery. That's what it says. And for what is that? Join us on the high road. You see, we know the low road. But the high road, and what does it say? To a new freedom. Not known before. It wasn't known before. But see, that word ramification, it can go both ways. When we see recovery and we see it in action, as was just so wonderfully expressed by a meeting that the tables were turned. The tables were turned. That's all we talked about. And now we look at and we see uh, to touch. There you go. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Kathy. Thank you, Janice. Good morning. This is Kathy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Good morning, Vision, for you. Um, I am reminded from this last sentence um, 
that they may begin to find an answer in the pages of this book. And uh, about 10 years into my ten, uh, time in the 12-step rooms, um, uh, people started uh, talking with me about the big book. Uh, I had found up to that point, although I had a copy of it, that it was like reading Greek. I really didn't identify with it at all. And it was only when uh, fellow travelers started quoting to me from the big book or reading something to me from the big book that I was able to start identifying. So I'm just so grateful for the fellowship that embraces this text um, because it's in listening to all of you that I find meaning in these pages. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Kathy. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Star it's one Esther. Unmute. Go ahead, Esther. Thank you. Um, this is Esther Compulsive Overeater. I just wanted to piggyback on the comments that were made on that phrase. Um, upon therapy for the alcoholic, we surely have no monopoly. So I I always say that I I'm not I don't believe that AA believes that they are the only solution um, for the alcoholic and that. The 12-step program is the only way for a person to have a psychic change and a spiritual experience. But the only thing that AA, um, as a as a whole, and me, you know, as a as a recovered compulsive eater, can comment about is 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 what we've done. Meaning, I I always tell people I don't know if it's the only way, and maybe you know of another way, and you're welcome to try. It, but this is the only way that I know. And if I take that idea further, it's also the only way that I can teach others because this is what I'm an expert of, which is my, on, which is my own experience. So uh, just as compulsive overeaters don't have a monopoly on character defects, um, OA doesn't have a monopoly. Um, OA in a 12-step program does not have a monopoly on spiritual experiences. But since this is what we know and this is what our experience was, this is what we teach and this is what we show to the world. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Hi, this is Penny, Penny C. Go ahead, Penny. Uh, I, I also am looking at the, um, that we don't have a monopoly on, on the disease or on the recovery process. I find, in my experience, the worst way to turn away, turn off, our future prospect for Overeaters Anonymous is to criticize and put down whatever program somebody else may be working or whatever diet club. If, if, if people very often, especially at my workplace, often will be, um, you know, excited about the points they're counting and, and what they can have for the points and other kinds of, of, uh, avenues to to lose weight and um and so i just listen and and i i say if it works you know that's wonderful if it's working for you and then it's an opportunity for me to to um segue over into my own experience having actually worked for one of those diet clubs and being able to see that it wasn't a permanent recovery for me um, and that I needed to um, find the 12 steps. 
So I, I think that's a very, very important phrase that, you know, we, we, we don't claim that we're the only way to go. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Pema. Can I share? Go ahead, Pema. Yeah, I just wanted to add uh, that um, one of the great things that I like about this book is the the humble approach of the writers, um, and the probability means that um, it's reasonably to assume it's uh, it's a chance, you know, they cannot uh, predict, and uh, this also gives me another reassurance of their honesty, because they don't claim, as it was mentioned, that they are the absolute and the only solution, and uh, and another thing that uh, I would I'd like just to mention that this approach is very healthy, and in Israel, for example, the 12-step program is being learned now in universities and in other places. And uh, that's uh, that's uh, another sign of its being a very, very uh, successful method. And pass. Thank you, Pima. Anyone else like to comment? Yeah, this is Sarah. Can I share? Go ahead, Sarah. Um, good morning. I'm Sarah, compulsive overeater. So one thing that just stands out for me, in at present our membership is permitting at the rate of about 20% a year. And the whole mushrooming of the program and its far-reaching ability is not um, just because of the book. It's because of the people living what's in the book. And it's the people, it's the individuals who are committing to the program, who are committing themselves to their own recovery, who are transforming their lives, who are rebuilding their families, who are doing the work. It's not just the writers of this book. It's the people who read the book, who study the book, who live the book, who live the principles, and who are transforming their lives that make it so attractive. And, um, And that's what makes it so attractive to me, is to see the people who live these principles who walk these principles, and um, for me to do the same. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Leah. Go ahead, Ms. Leah. Thank you, Janice. I, too, would like to comment on this paragraph. Yet it is our great hope that all those who have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the high road to a new freedom. Yet it is our hope. Again, this uh, book was penned by those men and women who had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. The obsession of the mind had been driven out. Their drink problem had been solved. Uh, So it is their great hope. They're carrying a message of hope. These men and women who uh, represent a cross-section of America, you know, from all different religious affiliations, uh, you know, they are like a piece like pieces of a mosaic that when put together, they are forming a picture of hope, a picture of what's possible, a picture of not just a temporary respite, not simply mere mere elimination of alcohol. They're talking about a recovered place, a place of, um, of, of life that is happy, joyous, and free, of salvation, of salvation. So, yes, it is our great hope that all of those, all-inclusive, never exclusive. Do you have a desire to stop eating compulsively? All those who have as yet found no answer, 
you know, that you've explored all those other areas. You know, you've, uh, you've done the weight loss programs. You've, you know, been hypnotized. You've gone to gyms. You've, you've had personal trainers. You know, you've, you've used laxatives. You've purged. You've used diuretics. You've, you've explored all those remedies. You've, you've tried all those methods. You're worn out. You're weary from this disease. You're done. You're played out. The disease has taken you down. It has progressed into that pit of compulsive overeating, and you have as yet found no answer. May you begin to find one in the pages of this book, meaning that if you are a compulsive overeater and you are looking for a way out, we know exactly where you're coming from because we've been there. These recovered alcoholics can say that to the still-suffering alcoholics. Recovered compulsive overeaters can say this to still-suffering compulsive overeaters. We know you, where you came from because we came from there too. And we found this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we practiced the first 11 steps to the best of our ability with a sponsor who was recovered, and we've had a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, and we don't live in the chains of compulsive overeating anymore. These recovered alcoholics didn't live in the pit of alcoholism anymore. Recovered compulsive overeaters don't live in those shackles anymore. And if you don't want to live that way anymore, then you can do what we did. <laughs> and we can take you by the hand and let us walk with you and help you apply and understand these very same action steps. And then you too can have a spiritual awakening. You too can have a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And then you too can carry this message. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? And this is Janice. I'd, I would like to say one thing about this very last sentence because it strikes me. Those who have yet found no answers, well, it assumes that you have some questions. If you haven't found an answer, then you've been asking these questions and ha have not yet found your answer. You know, some of the questions I had was, why can't I control the amount that I eat? And now that I want to stop, why can't I stop? Why can't I stay stopped? You know, those were the questions I had, and I couldn't find the answers. Not in any of the diet clubs, not in my church. I, no one seemed to have the answers. Not my doctor, not my therapist. Not my husband. No one seemed to be able to answer those questions for me. So it's, it's targeting those people, all those who have yet found no answers. If you have that kind of problem and you have yet found no answers, then maybe if you join us, you'll find a new freedom and a new happiness as well. Maybe you'll find what I found here. You know, that's the great hope. You know, they, they are indeed ever so humble, oh so human and ever so humble. You know, we don't presume to be the end-all and be-all, but we have a solution to a problem that I had been searching for for a very long time. Thank you, God. And with that, I'll pass. All right, we're going to move on to the forward to the third edition on the next page, XXII.
And I believe we're at Deb. So if Deb, if you would start for us. Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Deb. I'm from Michigan. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. I'm so grateful to be here. Okay, forward to the third edition. By March 1976, when this edition went to the printer, the total worldwide membership of Alcoholics Anonymous was conservatively estimated at more than 1 million, with almost 28,000 groups meeting in over 90 countries. Surveys of groups in the United States and Canada indicate that AA is reaching out not only to more and more people, but to a wider and wider range. Women now make up more than one-fourth of the membership. Among newer members, the proportion is nearly one-third. 7% of the AA surveyed are less than 30 years of age, among them many in their teens. Wow. I'm going to stop there. Um, So 21 years have passed from 1955 to 1976. And look at the numbers. I can't get over, um, you know, looking at the forward to the second edition, they had 150,000 recovered alcoholics. And uh, and then it says right here, Alcoholics Anonymous was conservatively estimated at more than 1 million. Um, and the group numbers, wow, 6,000 groups to 28,000 groups in 21 years. This is just absolutely amazing. But one of the things that really catches my eye as I read those two paragraphs was um, the disease in society is growing too. Because here it says, um, you know, surveys of these groups in the United States and Canada indicate that A is reaching out not only to more and more people but to a wider and wider range. Women now make up more than one-fourth of the membership. Among newer members, the proportion is nearly one-third. But here it is, 7% of AA surveyed are less than 30 years of age, among them many in their teens. And boy, does that remind me of our disease of compulsive overeating. These children that you see with the obesity problems that they're having at 5, 6, 7, 8 years of age, it is a growing, growing disease. And again, it it is no respecter of men, women, or children. And um, it just it kind of, it rises up this um, just real need in my heart to say, wake up. <laughs> and thankfully, you know, the medical community is starting to wake up a little bit more, but they're they're using the wrong <laughs> means in which to implement. Now, with children, they're, you know, they're, you're seeing reports and you're seeing these um, articles of which they're trying to support more activity with these kids and, you know, so on and so forth. But, man, it just makes me all the more have that desire to become recovered so that I can, you know, pass on this message to those that are still sick and suffering and for those little ones that, those children that that are already bound to this um, problem. So anyways, um, I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. Would anyone like to comment on what was read? Star one to unmute. This is Paula. May I share? Go ahead, Paula. I'd just like to look at that word, reaching. It's reaching out. And that's what they did so well. 
They reached out. They knew what they had. They didn't keep it. It was almost like you discovered something and then you gave it away. Doesn't make sense, does it? But in reaching out, what does it say? Not only to more and more people, but to a wider and wider range. There was no limit on how much they could give. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Star one to unmute. Well, I'd like to comment on on something in this paragraph that strikes me, and that is that discoveries were being made as they went along in this program. The discovery was that it would reach a wider and wider range of people, that this program worked as well for younger people as it did for older people. And that says to me that no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. You know, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear because as we reached out to a wider, wider range of people, it worked for a wider and wider range of people. Now, 7%, it's saying, in 1976, were less than 30 years of age. The disease may touch all facets of society, but the recovery was also able to touch all facets of society. You know, younger people, women, older people, black, white, Chinese, all all people were able to benefit from this program of recovery. This spiritual program was touching all kinds of lives, and thank God for that that it kept growing. All right, we'll, we're going to go on to the next paragraph. Esther, please. Thank you. The basic principles of the AA program, it appears, hold good for, good for individuals with many different lifestyles, just as the program has brought recovery to those of many different nationalities. The 12 steps that summarize the program may be called Los Doce Pasos in one country, Le Duze Tap in another, but they trace exactly the same path to recovery that was blazed by the earliest members of Alcoholics Anonymous. Shall I read that last one? Yes. In spite of the great increase in the size and the span of this fellowship, at its core it remains simple and personal. Each day, somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience strength, and hope. So, the, the pre, you know, these two paragraphs show me that this program is, is available for everybody. And, um, and just as human beings are basically the same with the same drives and desires and the same problems, so, so too the solution um, can, can be open to everybody. We're really the same all over the world, no matter what country we live in and our different cultures. Humans are bas- basically the same all over the world. So the problems that uh, affect us, our spiritual problems, um, uh, the spiritual solution to our norm- normal human problems are also um, available to all people in all different countries and all over the world. So it's a program that's 
that's um, out there and available for everybody, no matter where they are, no matter where they come from, no matter their ages, no matter their gender. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. Well, we're going to close here, and uh, we'll begin tomorrow and give people an opportunity to comment on, uh, on these two paragraphs. Can we close the meeting now? Would the next reader please read uh, from page 164, Vision for You? Um, thank you, Leah. Thank you. Rick, compulsive reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we all know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meeting, morning meditation, what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. Obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.